Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning and welcome in. It is the Home Improvement Show of the Midlands. Yeah, friends, that time again, Saturday morning. Good to have you with us. My name is Gary David. Coming up uh, in the hour, we'll talk to Michael Nicholson from the Moving Squad. We'll find out if things are slowing down yet when it comes to all the housing market, the business uh, real estate market as well. He's always got his uh, his his uh, his fingers on the pulse of all that with his business, the moving business. And we'll talk about some DIY tips too. If you want to move yourself, some things you want to be sure that you're getting done right. Larry Hare, some classic systems will be here. We've talked a lot about mold and mold remediation with him recently. We'll talk more about that today and uh, the what are, what are the acceptable levels of water, let's say in the wood, in your floor joists, in your crawl space. What's unacceptable and what's not? We'll chat about that and more with Larry Harris coming up in the next half hour. We get it away, though, with our buddy Trey Powell from Mosquito Joe, who joins me. Trey, how are you, brother? Hey, doing great. How about you? I can't complain, man. Not a bit. Not a bit. I got you guys coming out to my house every three weeks. Y'all are putting down that keeping you, uh, spray. Keeping and... you bite free. Oh, yeah, man. It's a beautiful thing. If you've never experienced the power of the barrier spray from Mosquito Joe, I'll, I'll just say this. You're, you're missing out. <laughs> missing out we're the dog days of summer as i'm sure you call in your business the mosquito days of summer trey yeah it's uh it's very hot it's very humid i know we've had some fluctuation in the weather but for the most part we're still getting heavy downpours and and uh you know it's it's very important at this time of year whether you're getting treated or not that you are scouring your yard on a weekly basis for standing water mm. um you know, it's uh, it's easy for people to say, oh, we don't have any standing water. Well, if you're looking out your window and, you know, you don't see any standing water, you might think that. But I can tell you that if you don't have standing water, you don't have mosquitoes. And that's kind of a difficult thing for people to understand. But the type of mosquitoes that we have here in the Midlands are very, very lazy, and meaning they do not fly very far, you know, usually a max of 200 feet in their whole lifetime. But if they have a water source, they have something to bite to get a blood meal so they can lay eggs um, and some shade, they won't go more than 10 or 20 feet. Usually if someone's getting bit, there is a standing water source within 10 or 20 feet of wherever they're getting bit. Uh, they're most active anywhere close to that. So if you're getting back bit in the back corner of your yard, um, I would not be surprised if you wouldn't if you looked hard enough that you find you know some standing water you know sitting you know, uh, up underneath the shed or there's a bucket there or the trash can or just over the fence there's you know a sandbox that has been un- not attended to doesn't have the top on it or the top is off and the top is full of water. Um, if you're looking for, for, for the type of water, you're going to look for dirty water, mm-hmm. dirty water that's shaded specifically is, is what mosquitoes are going to absolutely thrive in. And that's because those, the mosquito larvae have to eat 
And if they have really dirty water, there's plenty of organic matter there, and they can go through that larval stage and become adult mosquitoes very fast. At this time of year, you know, they can they can go from laying the eggs to adult mosquitoes in as little as four or five days. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, an adult mosquito can lay up to 300 eggs at a time. So, you know, you're talking exponential growth at this time of year, and so it's really important that you're looking for – uh, and getting rid of standing water. And that's, you know, that's one of those things that Mosquito Joe does that, that probably differentiates us from, uh, from some, from other folks that are doing this. If somebody's just showing up to your yard, just spraying the yard, uh, that's literally half the battle. You know, they've mm-hmm. got to be searching for and finding where they're breeding. Uh, and that's, that. that that's that's half the battle is finding that standing water because it's never obvious. They're not breeding in a in a big swimming pool that's clean in the middle of the yard. You know they're breeding in a in a um, in the gutters or in a downspout or you know the little you know the black things that come off the downspout that have all the little uh, ribs in it. Oh yeah, every a... single one of those ribs holds enough water to breed a hundred mosquitoes. Uh, you can you can you can have a hundred mosquitoes born out of a bottle cap. So it doesn't take much water, and being skilled at finding where those things are that can collect that water is is really important. And um, so you know those uh, little drains in the yard that always hold two inches of water. Um, wow. Obviously buckets and barrels. The type of mosquitoes we have, they're container breeders, which means ninety nine percent of the time. It is a man-made container, like a bucket or a trash can, or you know, even the bucket, the trash can. You turn the trash can over; it has that little lip that yeah. provides stability. Well, that lip can hold a lot of water. You know, the the bottom of a flower pot that keeps the water from completely draining out. You can breed thousands of mosquitoes in the bottom of a flower pot in that little tray. So there's a million little areas, and you've got to be very diligent about finding that dirty water. It's usually hidden up underneath a deck um, is another hot spot. Decks mm. are very shaded. you got a moist area under there that never dries out completely. Right. When they put in decks, a lot of times they don't grade the area underneath the deck. They just put the deck in and, and cover it up. So decks that are like a foot off the ground that you can't see under, yeah, those are the worst. I was going to ask you about that. Probably I mean, covered up all kinds of holes and things like that. How do you attack something like that, Trey? I mean, you can't get up underneath it. So what do you do? Yeah. So what we do is we put a granular dry larvicide, um, it, little granules on top of that deck, and then we use the little blower to blow them between the cracks. So they drop down between the cracks the same way that the water runs down and and they just find their way to that standing water and what that does is the larvicide when the when the mosquito larvae eat it they it's like birth control they they become sterile and so usually they're not even born if they're not born they can't bite but if they're born sterile they can't breed and if they don't breed they don't bite so the only reason they're biting is because it's a female mosquito who bites, and she is biting because she needs a protein meal to lay her eggs. And so that's the only reason that they're biting. If they can't breed, they can't bite. If they're sterile, they can't bite. And so uh, it's really half the battle to find where they're breeding and either eliminate that or treat it with a larvicide so you are, you're cutting them off 
you know, and you're breaking that breeding cycle. And so you're not producing thousands or 10,000 new mosquitoes on a weekly basis. So that, that, that's, that's the solution, uh, for breaking, as you mentioned, the breeding cycle. Now, uh, for the mosquitoes that already exist, in your yard right now, I think you've told us before they they tend to like to go to that vegetation, those uh, those bushes, uh, those areas that normally I guess are kind of on the periphery uh, of your yard, and so that that's the the plan of attack is is a lot is often there when it comes to uh, uh, what you spray, right? Yeah, I mean, so so the first half is to break the breeding cycle, find where they're breeding, and eliminate it or treat it. And then we are going to spray the yard and spray all the bushes and shrubs around the entire perimeter of the yard and around the house. And any bush or shrub on the property is going to be a great shelter for mosquitoes. They don't like they don't like the sun, so they're going to hide from the sun on uh, in the bushes and shrubs. They also eat. That's the only thing mosquitoes eat is they they drink the nectar off of green foliage, and so they're in there for shade. They're in there to eat. That's where they breed. And so when you spray all that foliage, you eliminate immediately any active mosquitoes that are on that property. Um, The nice thing is, is that product that we use is actually time released and it sticks to whatever we treat. So it it sets up a barrier. And if your neighbor's mosquitoes try and come over, they're going to hit those shrubs and they're going to be eliminated also. So it the best way to describe it is like putting a flea collar around that yard. <laughs> right. Is you're right. going to still have mosquitoes in those other yards, but when they try and come over, they're going to be eliminated. And and that and that product is going to break down with the sun and the UV over the course of about three weeks. Uh, the larvicide will begin to um, also be depleted, and and so in a, in three weeks, it's kind of done its thing. And if you don't redo it and replace it then you're going to start seeing breakthroughs. So that's, you know, we treat kind of like a lawn service. We come back automatically every three weeks and reapply that. So yeah, yeah. literally you can kind of go outside anytime, day or night, and and not get eaten alive or have to put on bug spray or something like that. And I'm guessing, Trey, uh, we're talking to Trey Powell from Mosquito Joe, that uh, based on what you're telling us about that breeding cycle, uh, if you went, if you, if you, if you got a treatment and said, wow, this is great, but you didn't get it re-up three weeks later. It wouldn't take long before mosquitoes start to come back into your yard, find those areas of water, start laying those eggs, and exponentially increasing it. It could take a matter of really, I guess, days or a week at the most for you to have a problem again. Yeah, it it doesn't take very long at all. In fact, uh, you know, we we don't require any contract. Somebody can just yeah. try the treatment and do one treatment for a Fourth of July party or a Labor Day party or something like that. And, and that's fine. Um, and, you know, gives them a chance to see how well it works and kind of experiment with it. But they'll figure out real quick and in, in within three to four weeks, they're back. And even somebody who's been treating all summer, a lot of times a brand new customer who's just started in the middle of the summer, they're like, oh, my God, this is so great. And then a couple months later, they're like, you know, I haven't seen a mosquito all summer. Uh, you know, kids are going back to school. It's about fall. I think yeah, I think we're time. good. We're done. And, you know, so they'll stop treating and then they'll usually call back at the end of September and be like, what were we thinking? Oh, my God, like they're back. Like, please come back. So um, that's pretty common to happen with a brand new customer is they, they just, you know, they treat just a few times and then 
as soon, they realize once as soon as they stop, they start seeing mosquitoes again, and they don't like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, fortunately, I don't have that problem. <laughs> I'm not planning on having that problem again. I, I, I'm just guessing here, Trey, by the, the way you characterize the mosquitoes that are most prevalent in this area as being lazy, uh, not flying very far. That's not the case everywhere, though, right? No, uh, there's, oh gosh, there's like 3,000 species of mosquitoes around the world. Um, you know, we have uh, 50 or 60 different species here in South Carolina. Um, the specific species that we have, you know, I, mosquitoes in general, most species of mosquitoes are pretty lazy and they're, they're terrible flyers and you know, people who live right on the lake, a lot of times they, they don't have mosquitoes because mosquitoes can't handle the wind off the oh, water. Okay. But, like, at the coast, they have what's called salt marsh mosquitoes, and those are pretty excellent flyers. And when they're born out of the salt marsh, they'll get up into the wind, and they'll go miles and miles uh, in a single oh. night. And so those mosquitoes are have to be handled a little bit differently. Uh, they're not quite as local, and they can just show up, you know, kind of overnight. But um, right, right. fortunately, here in the Midlands, we have mostly the Aedes aegypti mosquitoes, and, uh, Culex mosquitoes, and uh, all of those species are pretty lazy, pretty pretty local. Um, you know, you're not you're not getting you know uh, mosquitoes from you know, from five houses down, I can tell you that okay, mosquitoes good. that you have are coming right from your property or maybe the adjacent property. But, you know, in, if you have a very small yard, but generally they're very localized and, and, um, you know, very, very close to home. We haven't talked about it in a while. I don't think Trey, uh, but is this the same barrier spray that, uh, will work on uh, ticks and fleas as well? It, it is. Uh, mosquitoes, fleas, and ticks are pretty well managed by the same barrier spray treatment. I mean, if somebody has a specific, you know, infestation of fleas or ticks or something to that effect, then then we can get a little bit more aggressive for those specifically. But but generally speaking, mosquitoes, fleas, and ticks are all handled by the same barrier, you know, treatment. I mean, some, somewhere up in the Northeast where they have really big problems with Lyme disease and things yeah. like that, they're yeah. They're putting out uh, tick traps and and so forth to to eliminate ticks at the nymph stage on mice and and all kinds of different stuff. But fortunately, uh, at least as of now, we don't have a huge tick problem, um, you know, in most of Colombia. Well, that's good to know. Uh, and I, I guess the reason I ask is obviously their their method of getting into the yard is a little different than the mosquitoes' method is. Um, you know, coming in on animals, birds, right. whatever. Yeah, those fleas and ticks have to have a host, uh, meaning they have to be, they, they're only going to thrive when they're on an animal and feeding on that animal. And if they fall off uh, or they are off and laying their eggs, um, those, when they're born, they have to find a host. And so they're desperately trying to find a host really quick that first treatment i know you got a discount rate on that and of course as you mentioned never a contract required give us a specific stray half an acre or less will do for only 39.99 uh, the regular price on that is going to be 69 or 79 dollars depending if it's quarter acre or half acre but we give them a discount to try it we want to we want to earn your business the right way give you a chance to see how well this works and uh there's never a contract um you know we will 
We will start coming back automatically every three weeks until you tell us to stop or when the weather turns and, uh, you know, the weather takes over, then we will stop automatically um, like that. But that won't but, be an uh, That's how we do it. And then we guarantee the service. If you're seeing breakthrough, we come back and we will retreat at no cost um, okay, in between that three-week period of time. Right. And, and the weather for us won't turn from mosquitoes until uh, for another few months. <laughs> we, we got a ways to go with that. <laughs> You've told us Late before. fall. Mosquito Joe, how do folks get a hold of you, Trey? 855-ASK-A-JOE. 855-ASK-A-JOE. That will direct them to either the Columbia office or our office here in Lexington. And um, they can uh, also go on the web at mosquitojoe.com if right, they want more information. Always great talking to you, Trey. Thanks so much, buddy. Absolutely. Have a great day. Lifetime Cabinets and Countertops is your locally owned source for countertops. Great selection, great prices, and they pride themselves on superior installation and customer service. The owner, Marcus, will even personally come out to do all your measurements. See the selection online at LifetimeCabinetsSC.com or stop by one of Lifetime Cabinets and Countertops' two conveniently located showrooms on Fernandina Road in Columbia or Chapin Road in Chapin and check out the hundreds of slabs in stock. Granite, marble, quartz, quartzite, they've got it all. And if you can't find exactly what you were looking for when you're there, and that's rare, they will find it. And it's not just kitchens and baths. Lifetime Cabinets and Countertops does outdoor patios, vanities, bars, man caves, you name it. Lifetime Cabinets and Countertops, Fernandina Road in Columbia, Chapin Road in Chapin, and online at LifetimeCabinetsSC.com. Hi, this is Gary David. You in a constant battle with those skeeters outside your house? Well, stop smacking yourself in the face and call Mosquito Joe. Whether it's playing ball with the kids or cooking out with friends, Mosquito Joe treatments allow you to enjoy your yard without the nuisance of pesky mosquitoes, ticks, and fleas. No more itching and scratching. No more wasting time on smelly products that just plain don't work. Visit MosquitoJoe.com. That's MosquitoJoe.com. Or call 855-ASK-A-JOE to get more information and a free quote. With Mosquito Joe, outside is fun again. Back on the Home Improvement Show of the Midlands. And we welcome in Michael Nicholson to WVOC. Good morning, my friend. Good morning. Good moving. Good morning, sir. There you go. Saturday morning can't start until you hear that. That is correct, at least young man. Every other Saturday, at least, when you talk about this. Michael Nicholson, the co owner of The Moving Squad. How are you, brother? Uh, I'm blessed beyond measure. Beautiful. I, I'm, I'm just going out on a, on a limb here, Mr. Nicholson. Mm. Because you know, here we are now into the uh, the first uh, full week of uh, of the month of August. How did July wrap up? I'm guessing y'all been a little busy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. July was, uh, you know, you try to weave as much as you can together. You know, you still want to make sure you give good service at the same time. But oh yeah, I mean, we wrapped up uh, last week with uh, 204 moves in in a seven day period in one week. Huh? Yes. How many of those? What percentage of those were local? Uh I guess maybe we'll, about, we'll, about we'll, 70%. Well, what I want to get to is how many of those were yeah. out of town, mm-hmm. were out of state. I mean, you'll do a, a good amount of those. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. we've been doing more and more in the last, last you know, seven, eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, out of state coming in or in state going across to Texas, uh, you know, yeah. down to Florida. But if the, if the numbers we've seen over the last year or so are any indication, you're probably doing a lot more coming in and going out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Way, way a lot more. And, you know, we have a, an inventory walkthrough form on the website so when they're 
out of state, they use that so that I can put together numbers for them. Okay, that's how that works then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because you ain't flying off somewhere to say, okay, let me give you an estimate. Right. And, yeah. and keep it, and this, you know, we mention this from time to time, but it may come as a surprise to some folks because I mean, moving is, is just, it's not just a flat rate. It's not just your house is this big, it's going to take this much to move. It's, it's an, you want to, this is an hourly rate, which I want to stress because the more you can do as the homeowner to be prepared for the big day, the more money you're going to save, right? Yes. And I mean, I would relate this to where you, even if you hire someone or if you do it yourself, you know, preparation is the key, mm-hmm. you know, everything in a box. Um, and you might go, well, I've got this odd shaped item. Well, you have a knife in a couple boxes. You can cut up a box and a roll of tape and you can make a box. Some better uh, than others. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always a way. See, my wife would be great at that. Me, yes. I'd be horrible at that. You, um, you'd actually laugh. What is that, Gary? Uh, well, it's made up box. Just want to make sure to protect it. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you know, you've got padding out there. You've got your packing paper. I always kind of jokingly remind people, um, you know, you have your linen closet. You know, so you can use a lot of packing paper, but you can also use your linen closet to pad some stuff as well. Oh, well, sure, yeah. Um, you know, you've got stuff there that's you got to move it. You got to move it anyway. So, um, you know, but having a plan set up, you know, you have your move date. I always say back it up about three days from the date that you want to make your move, mm-hmm. and then set your schedule from that point. So, you know, if you've got eight rooms, you've got to pack, and you know it's going to take two days per room. You know, then you want to back it up 16 and then add a couple more to it because, you know, life's going to happen. Something's going to happen that's going to take you away from Always your packing does, schedule. Yeah. Always so, does. You know, moving is supposed to be fun. You, you're you're leaving. You keep telling me that. You're, you're, I mean, but you're, you're leaving one location, taking a step up because that's what you want to do. You're moving, one locate, you're moving from one location to another, taking a step down because that's what you want. You know, so make it enjoyable it's not stressful and i can tell you you know from the 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 moving industry side you know i I get to see people at their best and sometimes at their worst that they're just so stressed out and would it be fair to say that those that are the most organized going in are the least stressed on moving day 100 it would be yeah 100 percent. yeah and i mean we had to move just this past week that we're supposed to be there seven and a half hours. The crew was done in three. Wow. Um, you know, I always say the reason, one of the main reasons we use hourly rate on ours is because if you are the customer that is, that is very ready for us, then you, you should see the fruit of your labor in the final invoice. Now you just said something there. That's what you, this is why you use the per hour rate. Does not everybody use that? No, not everybody. Real? Okay. Okay. So this is a moving squad thing we're talking well, about here. Well, there's not flat rates. Um, you know, I always right. hear people okay. ask about flat rates. Um, you know, flat rate takes a lot of things in, into play. Um, you know, I don't know the access at, at your unload. I don't know how, how, how well you're going to be prepared. So if I give you a flat rate, that means I'm doing everything. Um, I've gone and checked out the, you know, your unload address. And then of course, if you're going to give somebody a flat rate, you've got to put some buffer room in there to absorb well, sure, when something yeah. goes wrong. So, you know, if somebody wants a flat rate now, of course, I could tell you in the state of South Carolina, if you're if you're doing a regulated move and you're hiring a mover, mm-hmm. there's not one of us that has a flat rate tariff. Okay, there's not one of us. Is that by just individual company desire? Or is that by state law? Well, um, I would say by the company's desire when we set up our tariff. Okay, because if you set yourself up to a flat rate, 
And then you say, okay, customer, you know, you're going to have everything packed when my crew gets here. My crew gets there and they call me for, you know, 75 boxes. They're like, you know, they're not packed. They're not ready to go. And so if you have a flat rate, you have no way to absorb that. Now you're stuck. Yeah. You know, so anytime, anytime you have a flat rate, flat rates at the end of the day is going to be more than if you did it by the hour. Because, you know, you have sure. to protect yourself. You have to protect your crews. You have to protect the company. Does that include um, the big national companies, too? Because I, I, people move across town but hire a national mover, I guess. Yes, sir. So, yeah. Well, um, they do stuff based on weight. So, so, uh, when, okay. so when things change, the weight changes. And so when the weight changes, then your price changes. Well, that's a, that's a guesstimate right there. How, does, how do you go into a home and say, I'm going to guess all this stuff weighs X? Well, I know I have a program that does it for me. Um, okay. But, of course, as you said, it's still a guesstimate. You know, you could have a solid oak armoire and you could have a particle board armoire. They weigh two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things also as far as, you know, the DIY person, if, if somebody does do stuff based on weight, I can tell you some of the industry tricks. You know, when you when you weigh your truck empty, your tanks are empty, the crew gets out of the truck when it's weighed. <laughs> okay. um, when you weigh it loaded, your tanks are full of diesel. Everyone in the everyone stays inside the truck when it's, and it gets weighed. Which is the way it ought to be. For the on, on, Well, it should be the same on both sides. Regardless of how you do it, it should be the same on both sides, even if you're weighing yourself empty or weighing yourself loaded. So as a customer, if you if okay, you I'll get you. If, if if somebody is moving you based on weight, that is one thing to very much pay attention to. That's one of the big uh scams you'll see on the on youtube with you know you see moving day disasters that's one of the places that a lot of people can, you know try to fudge and so mm. that's one of the reasons i stay away from it it's it's, it's not worth it okay um well, but uh you know protect yourself well you just mentioned dyi let's let's talk about some dyi tips and and this this goes to this first question is going to go to whether or not you know, you're hiring someone like the moving squad to do mm-hmm. the move for you, or you're doing it on your own. Let's talk about some organiz- organizational tips getting ready for the big move. Um, just going back to having everything in the box. But the big part of that is organization. Um, I always say penmanship is one thing. You know, I think I think my writing living room on a box, everyone should be able to read that. But yeah. I no. can't even read my own half the time. <laughs> so I suggest, you know, you know, a color code system. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say prepare, prepare for your move for how many questions you want to be asked at your unload, regardless if you have friends helping you, you know, or if you're hiring a company, um, you know, so if, 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 if somebody picks up a box and they see a yellow sticker, then they go, okay, it goes to the yellow room. And then you just got to have the thresholds marked with a little post-it note with the color sticker on it. Mm-hmm. And then that way, all you have to do is organize inside the room, but everything gets to the correct room. Right, yeah. Last thing you want to do is have a kitchen box end up in the attic. <laughs> you know. Under a bunch of other attic boxes. Yes, sir. And yeah. so, you know, and so that's some of the things to, to, to really prepare for. And also it helps when you're unloading because then you can grab like boxes going to the same spot versus okay i have a you know a master bedroom box i have a bedroom one box and then i have a living room box and a kitchen box on my dolly now i've got to go to you know four different places versus having all kitchen boxes on the dolly running straight to the kitchen dropping it coming straight back and then also the people that are pulling stuff off the truck they organize the box by colors the boxes by colors as well Mm -hmm. so you're making whole you know you know whole room grabs at one time and that helps with your unload you know be it if you got some buddies or you have a company doing it and you mentioned attic spaces. I know you've got a kind of a rule of thumb, uh, and I, I discovered this when you moved uh, us several years back. And 
fortunately, I discovered it before you got there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had boxes in that attic that hadn't been opened since we'd moved almost 20 years before. Needless to say, they did not get moved again. You know, if it's a personal thing, I know yes. for some, I go through it for make sure nothing's sentimental in there, I suppose. But if it's been sitting there for 20 years, it probably wasn't sentimental. Well, one of the things that I always talk about when, you know, decluttering, if it is sentimental, you should have it on display. You know, it should sure. be there for you to enjoy the memory. Now, if it's a box of pictures, just go get the pictures digitized, and then you get you one of the frames. You load all the pictures into the digital yeah. frame, and then you get to enjoy those pictures. You know, those are there for you. You know, if you have keepsakes for the kids, you know, for me, especially with the number of kids I have, each kid has a large Tupperware box. And so if it can't fit in the Tupperware box, then it's not a keepsake. Oh, you're not talking about the kid? No, no, not the kid. <laughs> <laughs> There's Each only kid one. has their own Tupperware box in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh my goodness, that pulled me there. But uh, but yeah, just you know, you know, just just being honest with yourself about about the item. You know, right? Yeah. If it is something that's important, it should be on display in your new home. If it's not on display in your new home, then you know it's you've got to have it available. And if and if you can't do that, then you need to. Let someone else get get the joy out of that item. And when it comes to organization, I know how many times has this happened that somebody with all good intentions is boxing things up, is organizing them, then to find out that either the day before the move, suddenly there's something they boxed up somewhere that they they need right now, or on the backside when they get somewhere, something they need right away. They can't put their hands on some of those things that just toothbrushes, coffee makers. So. Well, one of the last parts that I always talk about is your is your uh, emergency box is what I call it. All right. But you know, typically a large, extra large box. But that's all your your must haves: roll of toilet paper, roll of paper towels. You know, a cleaning chemical. If you're a coffee person, uh, and that's not just the coffee cup; that's the coffee coffee pot, the filter, the coffee itself. If you're a you know creamer person, whatever, everything that you need, some paper plates, paper forks. I'm sorry, not paper forks, plastic forks. Give them time. But uh, you know, <laughs> we everything got the paper that straws with the paper forks one know, day. I'm yeah. sure. You know, uh, you know your toothpaste. Uh, you know, a shower curtain if you're not sure that you got one. You know, everything that you're gonna need for two days, and you want to have it in one very colorful marked box. If you can't put it in your back seat, then have it marked. You know, on all sides. This goes on the kitchen counter where nothing else goes. So, therefore, you know once you once that box is there, you have everything you need for your first two days in the new house. Bingo. Um, you know, the other part of that is is thinking about sleeping that first night, you know, once you get to the new home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your pillows, your linens, uh, you know, your sheets, you know, your, your cover, um, you know, soap, shampoo, bar soap, conditioner. <laughs> you know. The list goes on and on. Yeah, you know. So I mean, like for us, you know, there's there's, there's three different toothpaste because, you know, the little ones they each have their their bubble gum and grape. So <laughs> you mean you don't use bubble gum and grape anymore? No, no. Oh boy, graduated to the minty. <laughs> and I know this is a thing we talk about a lot, Michael. And uh, I'm going to guess that it hadn't gotten any better. If you're going to do it on your own, you're going to need a truck. 
make sure that wherever you're renting your truck from has your truck available. Make sure they got backups. I can tell you, this is one of the, and I don't necessarily call it a, a worse rental market, but of just having equipment available. Well, um, people are renting, renting you, well, you hauls, but rental trucks, yeah, because they can't get rental cars in some places. I mean, this is insane. I did have a customer recently tell me that uh, for a three day rental on a rental car, he was quoted a ridiculous amount. It was it was it was more than what the move cost him. I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, I mean, I've, I've I've heard that about rental cars. Um, yeah, the trucks. I mean, they're just. But how, how do you make sure it's going to be? You call? Can you call a reserve one? Because I know these mom and pops places, they may tell you one thing, but they well, don't I can even really... tell you the big centers are having challenges now. I mean, okay. Um, I had a challenge earlier this week, and I mean, I had to. Normally, you know, within two three calls, I, I could find one. It took me a while, but I was able to find one. But actually, I found it at a mom and pop. Really? Okay. Well, a couple um, of years ago, you tipped me off on that during one of the shows because we yeah. were renting a truck for my kids. They were making mm-hmm. a move, and you told me be sure to check in. And sure enough, I got a mom and pop's place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, we'll put you down for it. And that, you know, this was three weeks prior to that. And I sure enough, I called a week ahead of time and said, "Oh, we're not going to have a truck." You're what? Which yes. I would not have known had you not said that. Mm-hmm. I'd have shown up on that Saturday morning to find out I don't have a truck. Now you'd not be happy if that happens. Now I will say to also to remember with a rental truck, you still need pads for your furniture. Oh yeah, and you still need ratchet straps or some some type of way to secure your items to the bulkhead, your taller items, to keep your cargo from or to keep your load from shifting during transit. Which is one I, we're out of time, but I wanted to ask maybe next time around we mm. can talk about this when you when it comes to loading that truck if you're doing it on your own and there's certain certain it's not just a case of what do I want to take out first because I want to get to it first. I mean, if you're trying to do it that way, you're probably making a mistake. I'm guessing. Well, you want to utilize every inch of the truck, and so yes, mm. there is a method there's to a the method madness. Of the madness. Mm. Right, we'll have to talk about that next time. Game of Tetris. Uh, <laughs> don't drive me crazy over here, man. <laughs> Michael Nicholson is the moving squad. I don't care if you're moving from here to California or from Shandon to wherever. Forest Five Acres. Points. Forest Acres, yeah. I mean, just down the road. Y'all can handle it. How do folks reach you, my friend? 915-7782. That's 915-SQUAD. And as always, the website, uh, movingsquadscforsouthcarolina.com. All right. And, uh, uh, don't 9859. Forget that all-important. O-R-S-P-S-C, 9859. I've almost got that one memorized. Yes, sir. My good to see you, buddy. Thank you, sir. Hey, y'all. I'm Summer from Anthony John Construction. We're the local company that you can count on for all your roofing and gutter needs. We're a certified Atlas roofing system installer, the ones that come with Scotch Guard that prevent staining. And yes, we also do roof repairs. And at Anthony John Construction, not only do you get a warranty on the product installed, you get a workmanship warranty as well. Do you need gutters or have gutters that can't keep up during the storms and this heavy rain we've been having here lately? Anthony John Construction installs six inch seamless gutters that divert water away from the base of your home reducing the need for costly foundation repairs. Be sure to ask about our annual gutter service cleaning as well. Anthony John Construction where we are proud of our customer satisfaction ratings. Check us out on HomeAdvisor and check out our Google reviews. Then call us at Anthony John Construction for all of your roofing and gutter needs. 803-518-9873 and you can also find us online at anthonyjohnconstruction.com I'm James Carwell, local owner and operator of Freedom Plumbing right here in the Midlands. 
After working as a plumber for nearly a decade, I decided to open my own business and Freedom Plumbing was born. Because of my love for this country and the great respect I have for the men and women of our armed forces and our first responders, I named my company Freedom Plumbing. What sets us apart from other companies is our customer service. We have a five-star rating on Google, a five-star rating on Facebook, an A-plus rating on Angie's List, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. I'm James Carwell, local owner of Freedom Plumbing, and we look forward to servicing you for all of your plumbing needs. Get 50% off your next service call when you mention you heard us on WVOC. Learn more at freedom-plumbing.com. That's freedom-plumbing.com. Welcome back to the Home Improvement Show of the Midlands on 103.5 FM and 560 AM WVOC. As we now welcome into the studio, Larry Harris from Classic Systems. Good morning, my friend. Good morning, Gary. It's a, it's a joy and a blessing to be with you. Well, it's uh, wonderful to see you as always, my friend. And uh, you've been a little busy since we last spoken. We yes, last spoke. we have. Been, uh, uh, yeah. We have been blessed to help people with mold and, and air quality. Yeah, we, we, we talked, I think, maybe the last couple of shows about that and uh boy it's this is a i have i've asked you this before is this is a bigger problem here than anywhere else it's, it's pretty much a problem everywhere you go yeah it uh, you know anytime you get water intrusion and something people don't understand is if your yard the front of your yard or the back of your yard is higher than the foundation of your house you when it rains that water is going to go right into the foundation right yes and mortar joints are porous that water will go right through it into the crawl space and so we had a client that had uh, insulation that was just falling down because mm-hmm. it was so wet that it, it it couldn't stay up and it it almost looked like it was weeping sure the yeah. insulation had separated so uh if you have that situation and you've got 16 percent moisture in a surface a floor joist mm-hmm. or greater it mold will grow in 48 hours. Now, uh, termite companies, uh, when they do a CL100 letter, when a person is buying a house, yes. uh, proves that they don't have termites. And they that's, say. That's always a scary moment for the home seller, yeah, by the way. <laughs> uh, they say the safe level of, of moisture is 20%. That's not accurate. And furthermore, uh, pest control companies uh, are not certified mold inspectors. So they, they can't talk to mold issues mm-hmm. they can talk to termite issues so uh, it's it's interesting that people think that that's a, a catch-all phrase uh, that 20 percent moisture is a safe level it's not so it may be safe as far as termites are concerned that's correct so we talk about acceptable versus unacceptable moisture levels then that termites is one thing but you know mold issues is another thing absolutely and totally different and, and the uh, the uh, the safety of, of, of the floor joists and everything else, your, your entire floor. Oh, absolutely. Gary, yeah, I've actually seen mold that will eat through the wood. We did an inspection and the two by eight by, two by six, two by eights, yeah. It, by they eights. were eating half in two. Oh, my goodness. So the integrity of the wood was so bad that uh, uh, the client didn't buy the house because it was just, you know, you could have fallen through that floor. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, uh, w- 16%, I think, is the number you just threw 16%. And that's the a measure of moisture in, in the, wood. the wood. Yeah, and see, wood is porous, 
And when mold starts to grow on wood, the roots of the mold go into the pores of the wood, and that's called hyphae. And so when you remove the mold, you got to dry it out. You can't remove mold from a wet surface. You've got to dry the area out so that you get the percentage of moisture below 16%. Then you can remove the mold, and then you, we treat it with an antimicrobial that has 10% hydrogen peroxide in it so that, that the, the, when we fog that, that's a fog of a cold air mister, mm-hmm. and it gets the mist, the droplets of the moisture, down to 3 microns. So it's not saturating the wood, but it's penetrating all the pores. So what happens, Larry, if, uh, because I know they, these things are on the market. Uh, I think you actually have something similar to this uh, that you offer, which is, a, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it's like a, a dehumidifier for yeah. spaces like crawl spaces yeah, and such. Yeah, yeah there is one uh, that we, we put in homes uh, in crawl spaces, and mm-hmm. it, has a, it has a condensation pipe that's three-quarters of an inch, and we run that either outside the house mm-hmm. or we put it in the sump pump if they've got a, 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 a drain line under there where they have French drains and it goes into a sump pump so we can put the pipe in there and the water's evacuated out of the crawl space. But would it be accurate to say that just putting a dehumidifier in there is not going to take care of the issue if, if you've already got a problem? No, no, you got you got to dry it out first before you, and then you got to remove the mold. And the first thing is, if you've got wet insulation, all that insulation's got to come out yeah. because you can't see the mold behind the insulation. Now, I don't, I don't know removal of insulation. That, the homeowner's got to have somebody do that, or either the homeowner can do it himself. It saved the homeowner a lot of money to do it himself and just bag it up and take it out. Sure. But that insulation's got to be removed so I can see if the mold is on the subflooring as well as the floor joists. So in, in a typical situation like this, uh, Insulation comes out. You're able to take a look at the at the floor joists. You determine there's mold there. What's right. the next step? Next step is to dry dry the area out. Okay. Make sure the moisture level is below sixteen percent. And that's done then how? We, pardon me. Is that, how do you do that? Is it with the dehumidifier? No, the fans, we or? we do that with air movers. It, air it movers, looks okay. like a squirrel cage. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a commercial air mover that's a round device, and the wind comes out the bottom of it. And the airflow can be anywhere from 18 cubic feet per minute to 2,200 uh, cubic feet per minute. Mm-hmm. So the fa- the more airflow you have, the faster you draw it out, dry it out. And we want the air to go in, in, a, in a counterclockwise area because the motor of the fan is on the right side. So that's where your heat is. And the more heat you can get in a crawl space with air, the faster it'll dry out. So it's like a big blow dryer. Yeah. Okay. So that's to dry the wood out. That's correct. But that still isn't getting rid of the, the no. The it's mold. not getting rid of the mold. You have to remove the mold, and so you know, there's several different methods uh, that you can use to remove the mold. And once that's removed, then you treat it with an antimicrobial. Mm-hmm. Then you put the dehumidifier in in there. Okay. So you, you got to get rid of the, the root of the problem Absolutely. first. Absolutely. Then you move to the step of okay, let's not let this happen again. Amen. Okay. Now, even with that, Gary, in this in this part of the country, I have been in several crawl spaces here in the past month where there's literally water dripping off the trunk lines of yeah. the air supply. I've seen that because yeah. it's so that the humidity is so great that you've got cold air rushing through these trunk lines, 
and you've got hot air coming against the trunk line, and that causes condensation. So I had one homeowner that said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a little pan all the way under and suspend it right under that trunk line so it'll catch the water and drain it off, which wasn't a bad idea. Not a bad idea, but you've still got a problem. Yep, you still got that moisture there. But if you can evacuate all that moisture Mm -hmm. from the ground and get it away from it, that's why it's so critically important to have a vapor barrier. I used to do that. We used 10 mil white poly. And the reason I use white, Gary, is is years ago everybody used black poly. And see, when you crawl in your crawl space and everything's black, you can't see. The visibility is not good. But by using white uh, uh, 20 mil poly, uh, it's thick enough that, and we stake it down so it won't move if anybody goes under there. But it gives you illumination in your whole crawl space. And you can see all the way through your crawl space. So explain what, what exactly what that sheet does, because it, it seems like to the layperson, all right, you got too much humidity in your crawl space. Uh, the water is going to is it going to sit on top of this sheet? I mean, how does that help the issue? Well, here's the reason for the vapor barrier, because if if you have a lot of rain as we've had this year, uh, then the water table, the, bottom, yeah, okay. the water table of of water in the ground is going to rise up okay. and get in the crawl space. So if you've got a uh, they used to use six mil black poly. Anything you do, if you cover the ground, it inhibits the growth of vegetation. Mm-hmm. Because I've been in in homes, Gary, that had clear poly, clear uh, the sunlight can go through it, right. and if sunlight comes in the in, in the foundation vents, you can have vegetation growing up under it, and then it'll come through that light poly. So with ten mil uh, poly white, you're not going to have that vegetation. So this is, then we're talking now about uh, affecting the physical structure of the home. Yes. Okay. But there's another issue as well, and I've, I've heard various and sundry numbers over the years, but how much of the air that you're breathing inside your home is coming from underneath your home? In a lot of cases, Gary, it could be 20 to 30% or greater of the air coming from the crawl space up into your breathable airspace that you live and breathe in. How's it getting there? Is it through the uh, well, vents? Well, it the, could be through the ductwork because duct I've work, been yeah. in many crawl spaces where you have a breach in the integrity of, of the flex duct. Sure. You can see a tear in it yeah. or it's not sealed correctly hanging to, down to the whatever. vent. I had a house one time where that yeah. happened. Whatever yeah, hanging, hanging down, down and... Yeah. and and when you get ductwork hanging down, then you're going to have water that'll sag that thing. I've actually found ductwork that had probably three or four gallons of water making it sag down. So, you know, that's a that's a breach in the integrity of the ductwork. But you also, Gary, when, when they built houses 40 and 50 years ago, the, the electricians, when they drilled a hole through the plate at the bottom of the wall to run the wires up to the outlet mm-hmm, yeah. and, and the different switches— they didn't insulate that hole. So you could take your hand and put right up to a, an sure. outlet and you could feel air coming into your home. So air can get into your home through the open holes that electricians drill through the plate and the, and the floor joists. I'm guessing that's pretty much covered by the code inspectors now? Is that something I they look for? I would think so. I would hope so. But yeah. uh, uh, you still don't know that. I, I, that I'm not up on the, the no, no. current code. Well, I had a home lived in one time that was built back around around 2000 give or take 
and to discover that underneath the bathroom sink where the uh, the pipe came through, yeah, uh, no insulation. There was no, there was a, a gap of a, a good inch all around sure. it. And see, that air comes from the crawl space sure. yeah. because the the air in your home and other is things positive. can too, by the way. Yeah, they have all <laughs> kind of critters. <laughs> But again, if you're dealing with, I know what we did. We just, I don't remember what you call it, but they got that that foam, foam stuff in a yeah, can. And you yeah, just squirt it around there, and it gets it gets great. hard and and, and sure yeah, does. It but then you got to identify the the air in your home. Yeah. And see, I do air testing, and we had a, a gentleman that was a prop a, a plant manager that heard me, and I went out and did air testing uh, for this client, and found out the air inside uh, the offices was far greater than the air outside and see that's why air testing is so important because if mold is present and it's not visible it it can become airborne and and some of the signs of mold infestation this aerosolized is headaches mystery coughs eye infection ear infections rashes on the body all of these things are signs of mold infestation so by doing air testing we can prove what type of mold is airborne mm. and is it greater than the air outside if the air and is that's that's the key though right yeah. there's no magic number for every place no it depends on the outside environments i guess it's different everywhere mm-hmm. now you handed me earlier uh, before we came on the air a, kind of a one sheet from a powerpoint presentation you had done and it's radio so i can't show it to you i'm holding up the microphone but you can't see it but it, it kind of go, i guess this is the life cycle right of, of mold i mean mm-hmm. it, so explain that all right, it actually starts off when mold grows. It, it grows on a stalk, and it produces branches like a flower. Uh-huh. And, and once it starts to grow like that, it off-gasses mycotoxins and mold spores. And they become aerosolized, and they can settle out on a door sill or a windowsill or a furniture. And if there's enough moisture, it'll regrow and reproduce. So it's a continual cycle that uh, it'll it'll float in the air and then settle out and, on something. And then if the moisture's correct or the relative humidity is good, 60% or greater, it'll regrow and you continue to have mold growth. This, uh, this sounds a lot like what we hear from Trey Powell, who was uh, here earlier with mosquitoes. Yeah. Got some moisture. They just keep reproducing. That's exactly And right. reproducing and reproducing. And, and how, so, what's the life cycle of it? I mean, it goes from where this starts with a contaminant to being a, a full-blown mold spore. As, that's as long as you've got moisture of 16% greater on surfaces or 60% relative humidity, it's going to continue to grow and it won't go away. There was a house in Merle's Inlet that uh, probably a $2 million house, and I was doing a radio show down there on 10th Avenue North, uh, uh, another radio broadcast, and the uh, general manager took me into the Merle's Inlet neighborhood and showed me the house, and they evacuated the home. They just Mm. abandoned it because it was so contaminated they didn't want to even fool with it. So, you know, you've got to identify what's going on and we have an infrared camera that we, we actually will show moisture mm-hmm. uh, leaks through the roof or the floor. And so that's part of our service. But the air that you're breathing is so critically important because we've had uh, – uh, there was a TV show called The Air of Mystery in, in Cleveland, Ohio, where 10 three-month-old infants yeah. drowned on their own blood because of the stachybotrys mole. Now, see, our air purifier – is going to yeah. get anything mm-hmm. that's airborne. It'll get all the dust out of the air continually. And see, that's one of the blessing parts about our air purifier. And when you look at indoor air quality facts, 
50% of all illnesses are either caused by or aggravated by polluted indoor air. Mm. One out of every six people who suffer from allergies do so because of a direct relationship of fungal and bacteria in the air duct system. Legionnaire's disease spawned mm-hmm. in, in air conditioning killed 90, 29 people in 76 yeah. and at least seven people in 1988. So the elderly and asthmatics... People with breathing problems, allergies, lung disorders are likely to be more sensitive to airborne pollutants. And we're out of time here, unfortunately. Next time, though, we got to talk about the pure air system. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's, yeah. that's a big part of what you do there. Uh, but this certainly, obviously, mold remediation, a, a huge and very important topic. And uh, if you have questions, concerns about your home, he's the guy to call. It's Larry Harris. How can folks reach you, Larry? Uh, call me at uh, 803-626-2748, 803-626-2748, Larry Harris. All right. And that uh, website, tryfreshairnow.com, right? That's right. The natural solution to indoor air pollution. Great to see you, brother. Have a good weekend. Thank you. I am Michael Nicholson, co-owner of The Movie Squad, locally owned and operating out of the Midlands. The Movie Squad is licensed and bonded. We are a full-service commercial and residential moving company in South Carolina and also run across the Southeast. We have the knowledge to do your move the right way the first time. We can pack for you, provide climate control storage, and also perform military-based moving as well. When moving out of state, we do not piggyback any loads. The same crew that loads you is the same crew that unloads you at your new home. No job is too big or too small, and we move the big items like grand pianos and safes. We believe in giving back to the members of our community that serve others. That is why we are proud to offer a 10% discount to all military, police, and first responders, the movie squad, where every move is important to us. Every customer is important to us. Call the moving squad for a free estimate, 803-915-SQUAD. That's 915-7782, movingsquadsc.com. This is Larry Harris with Classic Systems. We have the natural solution to indoor air pollution. We are a certified mold inspector, a certified indoor air quality specialist. We deal not only with water intrusion and extraction of water, but we also deal with sanitizing the air with an air purifier that duplicates sunlight and it'll remove 80% of the dust out of the air in your home and it will detoxify the air and remove all of the odors that are in your home. If you have cats or dogs, food odors like fried fish or cabbage or collards, it'll completely eliminate these odors. Larry Harris at Classic Systems, 755-6699, 803-755-6699. We're online at the website tryfreshairnow.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 